Sometimes you just, you just got to preach a little attitude. And I'm going to preach a little attitude tonight. If I sound like I'm repeating myself from Sunday night, I, I, I guess I apologize. I'm not trying to re-preach a sermon. But I do want to try to communicate an attitude to the church. Amen. I believe God wants to do something in this building tonight. So if you'll turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 19. We're going to be reading two verses of scripture from a story. A parable of Jesus. Luke 19 verses 12 through 13. Again, thankful for each and every one of you here tonight. And I just want to say our music team has done an incredible job over the last, specifically the last few services. And I, I appreciate their hard work. Now, I'm going to brag on her. She's not here, but I want to brag on her a little bit. Sister JC worked all night last night and said, you know what, I still feel good. I'm going to go home, take a shower. She was here at music practice. What, 9 o'clock this morning? I don't even know. My time is all messed up right now. 9 o'clock this morning. She's not here tonight because I think she's resting. She may have gone back to work. I don't know. She's working. Okay. That's, that's putting some effort into it right there. And I, I appreciate that kind of effort. And I don't want it to go unsaid. We appreciate that. I appreciate everybody that works so hard to make church a possibility. Amen. And I'm very thankful for everybody that shows up. Amen. I, I've, I've preached in an empty building before. I've officially, I can officially say I've done that. Nobody here but me, Jesus, and a camera. And I can promise you, it's, it's about as fun as a root canal. <laughs> Sister Porter almost passed out right there. You know what I'm talking about, Sister Porter. That's right. <laughs> Amen. Well, I hope I make sense tonight. I didn't steal nobody's sermon today. I did last week. I didn't steal nobody's sermon tonight. Amen. Luke 19, verses 12 and 13. Bible said, he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds, and said unto them, Occupy till I come. I've been reading over some stuff over the last few days, and Brother Story mentioned this verse just in passing today, and it hit me this was the text I'd been looking for for a sermon. So if you'll help me tonight, I promise to be at least mindful of the time. It's a nice way of saying that. I'm not going to tell you exactly how long I'm going to preach. But I'm going to try my best to preach from this title. Don't send a ride. Just send more ammunition. Don't send a ride. Just send more ammunition. I hope and pray I've got your attention right now. I promise I'm going to try to put this together. But I want to preach to us. Don't send a ride. Just send more ammunition. High five somebody and say let's have church. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in Jesus name. Now, I'm going to say a statement here that I may be accused of being dramatic or be emotional or just trying to hype you up. I may get accused of that tonight, but I want to go make sure everybody's clear about what I believe on, on the next few moments. I'm convinced that Jesus is coming back. You know, we've heard it said so much. I understand I'm not the first preacher to say this from this pulpit, but I'll be honest with you. I want you to know that. Jesus is coming back. Now, I'll go ahead and tell you, if you're not ready, you need to get ready. Jesus is coming back. 
If you don't have the Holy Ghost, Jesus said, John chapter 3, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. When he asked, was asked by Nicodemus what that meant, he said, except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. His disciples then took that message, took that thought, and expounded on it. And when they were asked, what must we do to be saved? He said, Peter said, and the other apostles, all of them were in on this, made the statement, you must repent, be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I want to bear witness tonight that if you have never done that, you need the Holy Ghost. Amen? We've got to be ready. We've got to be ready. I'll be honest, though, I didn't come to preach evangelistically tonight. I came to preach to the church because I know that we go through trials, tribulations, struggles, and circumstances, and many times we get bogged down in the, in the present, where we are right now. But I've come to remind you from the onset that now is not the time to give up or give out. Jesus is coming back. It is very clear in Scripture that when Jesus ascended, uh, he, he left with the understanding uh, that don't stand ye gazing up into heaven, this same Jesus, uh, which is taken up from you, shall so come in like manner uh, as ye have seen him go into heaven. Folks, uh, Jesus is coming back. Uh, Paul wrote to the church and said, just in case you want to know, uh, don't trouble yourselves and don't worry. Uh, don't give in because there's coming a day uh, when the archangel is going to step to the edge of eternity uh, and put a trumpet to his lips. Uh, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians uh, that the, the trumpet's going to sound uh, and the dead in Christ shall rise. Uh, then we which are alive and remain uh, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds uh, and so shall we evermore be uh, with the Lord. Uh, that's why Paul wrote to the church in Corinthians and said uh, that there's coming a day that this mortal shall put on immortality uh, and this corruptible shall put on incorruption. Uh, hey, and then it'll be asked, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Hear me today, Jesus is coming back. I need you to understand tonight that this world is not the end game. It is not the goal. It is not the definition of success. We can have success in this life, but that's not the end game. You see, the end game is that one day, whether we go by way of the grave or by way of the rapture, one day we'll stand before our Savior and we'll hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. In Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Hey, my friend, if you're here tonight and you're wondering if it's worth it, let me assure you, I have not seen nor ear heard what the Son of Man has prepared. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am there you may be also. And in my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. My friends, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Like the old song says, soon and very soon we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon we are going to see the king.
So hallelujah, hallelujah, we're going to see the king. Hey, it's still the truth today. It's still the truth. One of these days, uh, we're going to see the king. Uh, I don't know how it's going to happen. Uh, I can't tell you the day and the hour, uh, but oh, I've just got a feeling in my spirit uh, that soon and very soon, uh, we're going to see him. Uh, we're going to see the face of the one uh, that died for us. Uh, we're going to stand in the presence of the one uh, that called us. Uh, we're going to stand before the throne of the one uh, that created us. Uh, we're going to hold the hands uh, that bled for us. Uh, we're going to see the scars uh, that, 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 that were caused for us. Uh, hear me today. We're going to see him. Uh, we shall see him. Uh, we shall behold him. Uh, one of these days, we're going to be face to face with the Lamb. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming back. Punch your neighbor and say, Jesus is coming back. I need you to hear the cry of the bridegroom at the midnight hour. I understand it's dark. I understand the oil at times run low, runs low. I understand that there are circumstances beyond our control. And the truth is that many times uh, we have felt that God is a little late on his time clock. We see all the things around us and we think surely today is the day. And we go to bed that night, wake up the next morning and it hadn't been the day. But oh, hear the cry. At midnight, the cry is going forth. Behold the bridegroom. Hey folks, I need you to hear it tonight. Jesus is coming back. So if you're struggling, just keep holding on. Jesus is coming back. If you're going through the fire, just keep walking. Jesus is coming back. If life's great, don't you worry. Jesus is coming back. It may be morning, night, or noon, but he's coming back. I don't know when it's going to happen, but Jesus is coming back. Praise the name of the Lord. The disciples were curious one day as to when this return of the Son of Man would take place. So they gathered around the Master Matthew 24 begins to record the story or the account. And they asked him when the Son of Man would return. When will be the end of days? Jesus, in one of the most incredible passages of end time prophecy, begins to explain the state of the world. He begins to talk about wars and rumors of wars. He begins to talk about all the things that would happen, the pestilence and the famine. He would begin to talk about all the uncertainty and the turmoil and the strife. He would tell about those that would love themselves more than God. He would talk about even the state of the church and of Israel. We know by studying Daniel and Revelation that the end time would be a time of trial and tribulation, not just for the church, but also for the natural church, the nation of Israel, if you will. It's a time of many times horror, and, and it scares Christians to hear about the end of the world. But Jesus makes a statement in Matthew 24, verses 13 and 14. He says two things. He says, first of all, he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And in the same breath, he declares, not only if you'll just endure, you'll make it. But this gospel shall be preached in all nations, and then shall the end be. It tells me two things that I need to communicate to you tonight. That the end time is a time of endurance and yet it is also a time of revival. It is a time of struggle, yet it is also a time of blessing. Uh, it is a time of battle, but it is also a time of victory. 
It is a time when there will be those that will fall away. Yet at the same time, there will be many that will come back. Hear me today at the same breath that Jesus said, just keep holding on. He also said, don't just survive, but go ahead and thrive because my church will always prevail. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. And so knowing that Jesus is coming back, knowing that our world is in a little turmoil, we anxiously look at the events of the day. I don't know about you, maybe I'm just weird, but I have been so thoroughly intrigued ever since last Wednesday night. When early, well, it was Wednesday night our time, late Wednesday night our time, it was Thursday morning over there. When the nation of Russia invaded the little nation of Ukraine. Now folks, folks, I just need you to also understand that this is not just a, a little battle. This is a very interesting event. I've marveled at all that's taking place as armies are clashing. That bullets are flying and bombs are roaring. and We're very isolated, yes, but I watch very intrigued as all of this is taking place. First of all, the Ukraine is not just a little nation. It's actually the second largest. It has a military that ranks number 22 in all of the world. It is an incredible agricultural producer for the region. It has a lot of natural resources. Technically, in minerals and resources, it's a very wealthy nation. They're still trying to get it all out. And Russia's looking at it going, not only is it a buffer for our capital, Moscow, but it's also a very rich nation. And it's about power and it's about money. Okay? I'm not trying to be political, but that's what it's about. Okay? And I've just been intrigued watching it. I've been intrigued watching the news clips and reading on the articles and seeing the pictures. It's intrigued me. It's a real life David and Goliath story because Russia is the second most powerful military in the world according to experts. It is an incredibly large country. In fact, it spans 11 different time zones. It is a world power. And it's up against this little nation called Ukraine. And the crazy thing is, if you go to Fox News or CNBC or any of the major news outlets, you'll start seeing headlines. We started seeing them about two days ago. Ukraine stops Russian advance. Hmm. It's not the way I figured that would happen. I mean, because it's just Ukraine. And Russia's pretty big and powerful. And these boys aren't playing games, so what's happening? And onto the scene emerges a very interesting wartime leader. I can't pronounce his first name. I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce his last name right. He's the president of Ukraine. His last name is Zelensky. Again, I may not be pronouncing it right, but it'll be close enough for what we need to do tonight. President Zelensky, three years ago, was an actor and comedian turned politician he's famous for making the statement and running on the campaign you don't really need any experience to be president you just got to be a decent human and the funny thing is he won the election he's 44 years old and three years ago he was a comedian actor 
And now he stands on a different stage. In fact, all of the world is watching him right now as he is the face of the Ukrainian resistance. Okay? Everybody with me so far? People are watching. What is he going to do? And he is rallying his people. I did get tickled the other day that it's gotten bad enough in Ukraine that they've passed out automatic weapons to the citizens. In fact, they... One article I said, they opened an arsenal and passed out 10,000 automatic weapons. And I laughed and I said, my Lord, the government would have to go ask Texans for all theirs. (laughs) That would never happen in Alto. Can you imagine? Well, glory. I saw a picture the other day. I wish I could find it. I don't know where I saw it. It It's on somebody's, uh, and I think it came from Fox News. Somebody, uh, a photographer from Fox News snapped it. Somebody shared it on on Facebook and I'm not being I'm not being critical or ugly or anything, but I, I need you to understand the description here. There is a little old lady, white headed, she's got her nails done, she's she's in colorful clothing, like a colorful blouse, and she's got a little piece over her hair. And somebody's holding the front end of that rifle as she stares down the barrel. Like she's gonna do something about the Russians. I saw another picture that a guy, an older man, older gentleman, walked into a military post there in Kiev with a satchel, dressed in like everyday clothes, like he was going to the office. Had him a little satchel with him, had a couple of changes of trousers, an extra shirt, a couple of sandwiches. Said, I'm here to join up, not for my kids. This time I'm fighting for my grandkids. And they're all being led by a 44-year-old actor-comedian who just happens to be the president and holds the center star position in the greatest show he'll ever play. Now the world's watching this and the, 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 all of the world is responding in various ways. In the western world, especially Europe and, and the United States are responding with sanctions and different things. And Germany is actually sending missiles. And, and I'm not getting into the politics. I'm just stating what they're doing and everybody's responding. And the United States supposedly contacted President Zelensky. Now, he's in Kiev. He's in the capital of Ukraine. And by the way, the Russians are literally on the outskirts of the city trying to get in. They're fighting tooth and nail for that na- those neighborhoods. There is blood being spilled in the streets, and he's standing in the capital, surrounded by his cabinet. He's sending messages to the world we're here. He actually spoke about a day or so ago to the European Union, members of the European Union, and said, this may be, this was on video, he said, this may be the last time you speak to me alive. You see me alive. I don't know what's about to happen. So the United States, being the incredible humanitarian work that we are, sent a message to President Zelensky and said, sir, we understand the predicament you're in. And you are a vital member. You are the face of the Ukrainian resistance. And I think you would do an incredible job, a better job leading your people if you were in safety. So just say the word and we'll send our rangers. We'll send our elite forces. I apologize for that. We'll send the very best that we have and we'll get you out of Kiev. You just say the word and we'll come for you. And supposedly President Zelensky Listen very politely to this incredible offer of safety and sanctuary for him and his family. He listened very politely as they told him how great of a leader he was and how well he could do at a safe distance leading this resistance. But as the 
diplomat from the United States ended his phone call, ended his spiel and tried to convince him to come away from the blood and the damage. He simply replied, don't send a ride, just send more ammunition. Folks, I can't wait for Jesus to come back. He's coming back. But I refuse to sit on the sidelines, wringing my hands while my world burns, waiting for a ride. So Jesus, I'm asking you to come quickly, but don't just send a ride. Send more ammunition. You see, church, our job is the same job that Jesus gave in the parable of Luke 19 when the nobleman looked at his disciples and said, I go away, uh, but just occupy until I come. Church, uh, we've got to stand in the trenches uh, for a lost and dying world. Uh, And now is not the time to seek the comfort uh, of our cute little culture, but now is the time to say, God help us uh, send more reinforcements uh, and send more ammunition. Uh, The battle is raging. Uh, Souls hang in the balance. Uh, God, we don't just want to ride out. Uh, We want to see victory. Uh, No matter the cost. I wish somebody would get a little attitude in your spirit today uh, that says I know the battle's raging uh, and I know the heat is hot uh, and I recognize that the enemy's at my front doorstep uh, trying to get my kids and my marriage and my grandkids. Uh, He's trying to steal my peace. Uh, He's trying to take my blessing. Uh, He's trying to rob me of my joy. Uh, But Jesus, I refuse uh, to run up a white flag of surrender. Uh, So don't just send a ride. Send more ammunition. Don't just think I'm trying to get out of here uh, to leave the fight. Uh, No, God, go ahead and give me what it takes uh, to win the victory. Uh, I'll take more anointing. Uh, I'll take more breakthrough. Uh, I'll take more spiritual gifts. Uh, I'll take more victory. Uh, I'm going to keep fighting uh, until we break through. Occupy till I come. It's amazing to me. Uh, President Zelensky and his cabinet have sent a message to the world. Uh, We're here uh, until they either bury us uh, or we win. Uh, There are no options. Uh, There's no retreat. Uh, There's no turning around. Uh, There's no negotiating with the enemy. Uh, We're going to fight. And if necessary, we're going to die because of a cause we believe in. My God, it's not time for the church uh, to sit down, shut up, and put up. Uh, But now is the time for the church to say no 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 we're going to pray until it breaks we're going to fast until God moves we're going to teach Bible studies until we pray them through I don't know what it's going to take I don't know how it's going to happen but we're going to occupy until he comes so don't just send a ride send more ammunition he told his servants He told his servants, your job is simple. I'm going to give you what you need. And you're supposed to occupy until I return. Matthew Matthew 25 records the the parable, the the other parable like this. It's the the same idea. The wording's a little different. There in Matthew 25, he says he takes three servants. He gives one five talents, one two talents, and one one talent. Here he gives ten servants ten talents, each one talent. But the idea is still the same. He gives them what they need. 
And when he comes back, he wants a record of what they did with what he gave them. And one said, hey, I made one talent ten talents. And the other one said, well, I took one talent and made it five talents. And the third one said, I took one talent hid it in a napkin. I put it in the safe because I was scared to lose it. And the Lord of the servant got mad and said, you didn't do what I told you to do. I said, occupy till I come. Which tells me something very important about that phrase. If we think that we are called by God to just be pew potatoes. The truth is, that's not what he means. He didn't just say, just patty cake for Jesus until I come back. He didn't say just get the Holy Ghost and hang out and don't do a couple of things and do a couple of other things and just barely make it. He said, occupy till I come. What's that mean? That means keep fighting. That means hold the ground. Hold the position at all costs. You occupy till I come. Oh, y'all not hearing me right now. Mamas and daddies, grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, let me go ahead and say it like this. Now's not the time to quit fighting. We're to occupy until we come. Hey, I'm thankful that there's a hope for tomorrow. I'm telling you, the rapture's going to be great. I'm going to tell you right now, heaven's going to be worth every struggle and every battle. I promise you. I promise you it's going to be worth it. I promise you it's going to be worth it. But my friend, don't just sit on the sidelines wringing your hands saying, I hope Jesus come back today because I can't make it. No, my friend, occupy until he comes. So if the battle's raging, you keep fighting. If the sword is clashing against you, you keep, you keep holding on to faith. Hey, my friend, if the arrows keep whizzing by your head, now's not the time to retreat. Just occupy until he comes. Hold the position at all costs because Jesus is coming back uh, and he's coming back for a church that's still holding on uh, he's coming back for a church that's still winning the lost uh, he's coming back for a church that's still reaching for those that are hurting and helpless uh, hey my friend occupy till he comes world war two which is amazing this all is taking place almost literally on the same battlefields of world war two and, and and it's interesting to me because we all, if we remember from history class, some of you may have even been alive at the time, but we remember from our history classes that when Hitler pushed through Europe, it didn't take him long using his blitzkrieg, his, 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 warf, his, his fast attacks, his lightning attacks. It didn't take long for him to overwhelm entire nations, not just positions, entire nations. It happened so quickly that Allied troops mostly members of Great Britain's army and some of France were left stranded on the shores of Dunkirk. It's a cool story how all that went down. They were literally surrounded and cut off thousands of them. They couldn't fight. They, it happened so fast. But as the last Allied troop left the shores of Dunkirk, history tells us that France began to mobilize this time in a different way. All of a sudden, there begin to spring up pockets of resistance. And these pockets of resistance begin to unite and begin to fight the enemy the only way they could. Sabotage, guerrilla warfare, tearing down communication lines, tearing up railroad ties, 
Some shots are fired. It's not an all-out assault, uh, assault on the enemy. They can't muster enough men. They don't have enough firepower. There's, there's not enough resources. But they made up their minds these isolated pockets of resistance that we're going to fight because we're not going to just sit here. Amen? And the truth of the matter is, if you start studying the military and the strategic parts of World War II and and how the the, the United States and Great Britain, the Allied forces, were able to land on on D-Day on the beaches of Normandy, the truth of the matter is, the Germans were completely caught off guard by that. They were expecting an attack uh, uh, north from these beaches. And you know why? Because there were some sails of resistance that were fighting. Now, we give Eisenhower a lot of credit for all he did on June 6, 1944. The truth of the matter is, there's an unnamed resistance fighter in France that gets the credit. Because he said, you know what? The enemy's in my hometown. But I'm not going down without a fight. Are you getting the attitude I'm trying to preach tonight? You see, the enemy wants to wreak havoc in your family, in your home. He wants to wreak havoc among your, your friends and your co-workers. He wants to destroy every marriage he can. I told you last night, or, or last Sunday night, he's like a lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to do everything he can to destroy you. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. There's no doubt about it. Biblical or The Bible is clear that this is his purpose. And we've got two choices. We can sit here, smile, and wave, and call it church, or we can fight. Now, if you think fighting is fighting each other, you're wrong. If you think fighting is fighting a policy or a political agenda, you're wrong. The reality is we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So Paul said, since we wrestle that way, we are to put on the whole armor of God. That's why we've got to pray. That's why we've got to fast. That's why we've got to get the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit. That's why we've got to get the shield of faith and the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. We've got to have our loins girt about with the truth uh, and we have our I gotta have the shoes called the gospel of peace hear me today the truth of the matter is we gotta learn how to fight this thing uh, and it's not because it's not you don't fight it bickering with your brother or your sister you fight it by prayer and you fight it by fasting uh, and you fight it on your face and saying God I can't do it but I know who can uh, and you keep fighting uh, and you keep fighting uh, and you keep fighting uh, you just get it in your mind don't send a ride uh, just send ammunition uh, just keep praying uh, don't stop just keep praying don't back down just keep praying don't stop worshiping just keep praising don't give up just be faithful you keep doing what you need to do keep progressing in the spirit just keep going hallelujah I will not mince words with you tonight. You need to know we are in a battle and there are it's not bombs and guns. It's not policies and procedures. We are in a war against hell and she has enlarged her mouth to accept every soul that she can. But oh, at the same time, you need to understand that the same Bible that says hell has enlarged her mouth is the same Bible that says that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So friend, it's not time to give up, give out, or get out. It's a time to just keep fighting. Just send more ammunition. Just send more ammunition, Lord. Just send more of your spirit. God, just send more breakthrough. God, just continue to break the chains. We just need more of you. Musicians, come. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. I'm going to get out of here. Out of your way. We're going to pray here in a minute. Hallelujah. I know the fight's real. I know the fight's real.
Some things I know you're fighting. Some things I only feel that you're fighting. And yes, there are days I feel what you fight as your pastor. You hadn't said a word. I just feel it. I just know it. There are some moments I don't understand it. I don't have an answer for you all the time. I don't always know that the best way to handle certain situations. But I can tell you that I'm convinced that God is still the winner. And you're still on the right side. And the last time I checked, the last time I checked, the end time revival, the end time prophecy, trials, tribulations, victories and success, all of it, as it all wraps up, pretty sure my Bible says that there will come a day where Jesus is going to arrive on a white horse. And he's not going to be the lamb. No, he's going to be the king. And he's not coming to save. He's coming to win. And he's not going to be a sacrifice. No, he's going to be sovereign. He's not going to be a victim. Instead, he's going to be a victor. Amen? He won't be betrayed. Instead, he'll be undefeated. The truth is, he's coming back. And I believe it's Revelation 18, the Bible says that he'll have a name written. King of kings. Lord of lords. And oh, it's going to be a wonderful day when the saints are called to glory. And oh, it's going to be a wonderful moment when we dance around the throne. What a day that's going to be when my Jesus I shall see. Every tear going to be wiped away. Every heartache is going to be restored. God's going to take every scar and every hurt and He's going to make it right. Every battle I've ever faced, every fight I've ever fought, He's going to make it all right. But until that day comes, Occupy. Bishop, occupy. Keep fighting until he comes. Let me say it like this, church. Don't just be waiting to hitchhike a ride to glory. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. But don't just set thumb in a ride to glory. Just send more ammunition, Lord. We're going to pray tonight. I hope and pray that tonight before we leave, there's an attitude that gets on some folks that says, you know what? I know I'm in the battle right now, but I'm going to keep fighting one more day, one more week, one more month. I'm going to fight as long as it takes. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to give out. Lord, just send more ammunition. And so tonight we're going to pray as a church. And if you want to, you can come out of your pew and you can gather around the front. That's completely in order. But we're going to pray that the hand of the Lord will set down on this congregation. 
And every saint that's struggling, every family that's going through it, every marriage uh, that's going through the fight right now, and you feel the heat of the enemy uh, licking at you, you feel the flames licking around you, you feel the heat uh, of aggression against your family, you hear the roar of the lion, however you want to say it, uh, you feel the enemy attacking you, uh, I'm going to pray that God put his arms around you uh, and send you some ammunition tonight, uh, that when you leave here, you leave here stronger than you walked in, uh, you leave renewed, uh, that you leave strong. Uh, that you leave with some strength uh, that you leave with a boldness and an attitude that says hey uh, you may come against me with sword and spear but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts Uh, you may have defied the armies of the living God but I know the God whom I serve Uh, come on is there anybody that will say you know what Uh, I may have been through the fight but I'm here to get more ammunition tonight Uh, all over this building would you lift your hands and would you begin to cry out unto God Uh, would you begin to ask the Lord to minister Uh, would you begin to ask for some strength Uh, would you ask him in your way God I need some help today the Fight's real. I need some ammunition. I need some strength. I need to make it another day. I've got to go through it another week. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your goodness. Uh, I thank you, God, for what you're doing. I thank you for every individual that's in this building tonight. I'm asking, God, that your hand would begin to move it through this auditorium uh, and that you would begin to minister to every hurting heart, uh, that you would begin to work into every weary soul, uh, that you would begin to refresh every burdened mind, uh, and that you would begin to move in this place. Uh, God, there are parents here. There are grandparents here. Uh, there are saints of God that have been praying uh, for a move and a breakthrough They've been praying over over children and grandchildren. Uh, They've been praying over circumstances and situations beyond their control. Uh, And God, I'm asking, Lord, that your strength, uh, that your presence would step into this building in a mighty way, uh, that you would wrap your arms around them. Uh, Let them know they're not in this by themselves. Uh, They're not fighting alone. Uh, God, give them another source of ammunition. Uh, God, give them another uh, touch of your strength and your victory. Uh, God, I pray, Lord, that you would begin to send breakthrough. Uh, that you would bind every spirit of adversity, uh, that you would come against every obstacle. uh, And Lord, through it all, that you would send strength to the church. Uh, We need you, Jesus.